Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Way Out West Texas podcast. Woohoo! Today, Shelly and I are we're sitting here talking about kind of some of the things we've done this year and and uh, reflecting back on on our projects and our successes and and failures and looking ahead towards next year or the plans we have for next year. Making goals or setting goals, making plans. This uh, this year has been, if nothing else, has been crazy. Oh, I'm so glad to see 2020 leave. I, it is just with the election and the COVID and and not being able to spend holidays with family and stuff has just been been crazy. And I'm so ready to see it leave. And I'm so excited about 2021 ushering in and. We've got some big plans for 2021, but uh, we want to reiterate to everybody that when you're making your plans, you know, be careful. Don't overwhelm yourself. You know, we're not here to toot our own horn with our accomplishments this year, but uh, we really want you to realize that regardless of how big or small your projects are, they can become overwhelming and when you see your your goals and your projects starting to fail or not come to fruition, it can be it it can be devastating. It can be soul crushing. So take a look at your goals that you're making for this next year and and analyze it a little bit. You know, make sure that you're not overwhelming yourself or setting goals that are simply unobtainable. We'll we'll talk a little more about those kind of things here in a minute. Uh, you know, 2020 has been just crazy, whether it's good or bad. I mean, for a lot of people, it's been a crazy bad year. And and we've been blessed with the fact that it's been a, actually been a good year for it has us, been you know, looking year. back. Lots of changes, but they've been good changes, whether we realized it at the time or not. But yeah. Yeah. As, you know, and talking about our, our accomplishments, I get, guess, for this year and and you always hear us talk about how how this lifestyle is dynamic and things change. One of the first things we did was I kind of by accidentally yeah, kind of <laughs> by accident bought fourteen rabbits, and uh, well, we were supporting the local four H. It was, it was it at was, the four H stock show. Yeah, you know, and after the show, you know, the kids had want to sell their animals they have an auction and i bought 14 rabbits well i went to well we were planning on eating them yeah we were planning on you know for some meat and i was going to keep one buck and two does to keep producing a little bit of meat for us and uh also to generate a little compost for our garden and yeah but you end up with what was it 14 rabbits for 18 dollars yeah <laughs> Hey, that's whether you're buying hamburger or uh, pork chops, you know, 14 five pound rabbits for $18. That's, that's a good deal. But we, uh, so we started building rabbit hutches and out here in the desert, you know, the sun is wicked. Wicked is putting it mildly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, we ended up building a barn to put the rabbits in. 
Yeah, and, and that's another thing, though, that uh, came about by accident. Yeah. But by necessity, the barn, you'd went to a, a state auction and got... I bought a trailer load of lumber. Right. And a trailer load of tin for $50. Right. You know, and that's, you know... 80% of the barn was out of that material I bought it. You know, I did have to buy a few new two befores and stuff, but Oh, absolutely and screws. And but still like I don't I don't think we got two hundred dollars in a twenty twenty five by thirty five foot barn. Pole barn, yeah. So I mean uh and and once we got the rabbits and people started finding out that we were raising rabbits Man, it was within weeks, we were getting phone calls of people wanting rabbits. And uh, and the funny thing is, we bought those rabbits to, uh, to support the 4-H kids at the 4-H auction. And this year, all of those 4-H kids came back to us wanting to buy rabbits again for, uh, for, for their the, 4-H projects. Yeah, we ended up supplying three counties 4-H kids with rabbits. But, you know, it, that was one of them deals. Like I said, you know, our lifestyle's dynamic. That came along and immediately popped up the opportunity to raise rabbits and sell them. And, you know, you it know. was, like you said, it was basically accidental, but it, it really has pushed us so much closer to being self-sustainable. It is, you know, and, and right now we're, I'm concentrating mostly on raising breeding rabbits for breeding uh, for our breeding program and selling them as breeders. But if worse comes to worse, there's, you know, 40 pounds of meat out there. You know, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and they're really cute, yeah. but they're very tasty. <laughs> yeah. But that was kind of the, the first deal that, that was one of our big accomplishments was. this year we, was the rabbitry. And you know, it's and it's took us most of the year to get the all the cages built and the barn built and get electric out to the barn and water yes, out there. Just, just in the last month. Yeah, we Charlie has worked his tail off and we have running water and electricity at the barn and in the in the chicken coop as well. Yeah. And so that was to me, that's another big accomplishment because uh, anybody that has to dig, yep. I don't know how many yards of dirt you moved with a shovel, but that was just insane. But having the water and electric to the barn so that we can be out there if something happens at eight o'clock at night and have light and yeah. running water. Well, and I was real tired of carrying five-gallon buckets of water from the house out to the barn for watering everybody. And, and that kind of leads into the other thing we did. We uh, we moved our chickens from a, let's see, that was an eight by, eight by 14 run, right. I think is what it was. And we moved uh, the chicken coop to an unused pen right next to the barn. And I put a new roof on the chicken coop yeah, and with we, the tin that you bought at that estate yeah, auction. <laughs> yeah, some of that, also some of that tin. And uh, we moved them into a, I think that pen's about 16 by 30, yeah, something like that. Much bigger pen that the coop is actually not inside the yeah, pen. The coop actually sets 
outside is attached to the pen, but it's on the outside of the pen. And so we have very happy chickens. And you know, that set us up, you know, uh, we can expand our, our chicken operation quite a bit with, without having to do anything. And that's one of our yeah. goals for this year is to get a lot more chickens because yeah. we eat a lot of eggs. Yeah. Uh, we really do. And we sell eggs also. And so that's another thing that's getting us to be more self-sustainable. But uh, yeah, so getting the, and moving the chicken hutch or chicken coop as Charlie said, that was an all day deal. That was yeah. taking things apart, taking fence down, chasing chickens, using the tractor to drag it, I don't know, 50 yards? Did we use the tractor? No, we used the four-wheeler to drag oh, it. Oh, that's right, we did. We used yeah. the four-wheeler and our son. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was another one of our, our deals. And, and like I said, that was a, a goal for this year was to get us in better shape to enlarge our, our chicken production, our chicken and egg production. And uh, that that's one that we planned on and actually pretty much went all the way through just as we had planned it. There really wasn't any surprises in, in that one. You know, sitting here having this conversation about buying the rabbits at the 4-H uh, the 4-H stock show mm, last yeah. year. We also bought, how many meat chickens did we buy? 20. We bought 20 meat chickens and we butchered all but one of them. Uh, one of them died before we realized that she was dead. And Well, she started laying eggs. We, we kept putting off butchering her because she was laying <laughs> an egg every few days. But we uh, got those 20, I believe we got them for free, didn't we? We did. Uh, a friend of ours's son had them there and they didn't want to take them home and mess with them. And he's like, when I was loading rabbits, he was like, take those chickens too. <laughs> I was ready to kill him. I was at work, <laughs> and I came home to chickens and rabbits everywhere, but uh, the chicken thing started accidentally, too, yeah. basically, but it's really pushed us to being more self-sustainable. Yeah. Uh, we still have when chicken our, in the freezer. Yeah, we still have, I imagine probably, there's probably still... Ten full chickens in the freezer, I imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Or more. And uh, our laying hens, we when they're laying good like they do most of the year, we don't buy eggs. I mean, they're yep. more than enough for us. And we do want to expand that, though. That's yeah. one of our goals this year is to get a lot more chickens. Well, not a lot, lot, but yeah. still get some more chickens. We have the room for them now. Don't want to be like that guy in Japan that has 70,000 chickens? I don't want 70,000 chickens. <laughs> I don't like chickens that much. <laughs> uh, and, and another thing that went really well for us this year, and this is one of them ones that I really want to uh, push the idea of uh, short-term term goals as well as long-term goals, and that was our garden. Uh, oh, you were so year, frustrated at the beginning of the year with that year, garden. Year before last, I got it to a point that we was able to plant a little bit of stuff for the fall. Now, you have to remember, we're here in the Chihuahuan Desert, and so I'm going to call it soil preparation is very important because yeah. it's very high alkali 
well, very sandy soil. It, and so it's hard. It's got a lot of clay to it, and it, it'll pack to the point that the rain just runs off of it. Right. So, you know, the first year, what is it, the rabbits? I fought rabbits. Jackrabbits. Yeah, man, I ain't kidding you. You turn on they, the light, the porch light of a nighttime and look out at the garden, and there would be, you know. 10 or 15 jackrabbits in there, <laughs> and the next day there wouldn't be anything over an inch tall in it. Uh, and then the cows discovered it. So I put a... A fence around it. it. It's called Rabbit Guard, and it's made to keep rabbits out. Well, it did. And it, it kept did. The rabbits worked out. real good, but the, it's only like twenty-eight inches tall, and the cows and horses would just step over it. So last year, they decimated oh, that garden man. twice. Yeah, I, I replanted. I planted, and the cattle got in it, and I replanted, and then the horses got in it. Uh, and then he threw his hands in the air and said lots of bad words. And, yeah. and we went to town and we got stuff. And put a five-foot fence around it with electric wire on top of it with that rabbit wire around the bottom. So And a big gate so we could get the tractor in and out yeah. and uh, wheelbarrows in and out. And this year our garden We actually was, did. I mean, it, it wasn't overly bountiful, but it was... I mean, we got awesome tomato plants this year. And peppers. Peppers oh done word. incredibly well. Y'all need any salsa? We got tons <laughs> of salsa. But, uh, yeah. Actually got peas to grow well this year. And, yeah. And But that's what I want to caution you, especially with gardening. You know, a lot of people don't realize it may take you two or three or four years to, to prove your garden soil up to make it really productive, you know. Uh, w one of the best things is compost and for compost really to work takes some time you know so you put compost on your garden this year you're really not going to see all the, the benefits. benefits of it until next year right you know so it's like i said you know set many, goals you know how many hours do you think you've spent out there in that garden uh sifting and raking oh, and turning man. over compost and hay and manure and you know you've spent hours upon yeah, hours and i still am i've still got probably a pickup load of compost out there that but i turn once a week i'm so excited about the garden this year i i really i really do think as well as the small garden that we had this year yeah uh i'm excited to have a, basically a market garden this year yep and so that's one of our big goals yeah. is to have, or one of our plans for this year is to have a huge garden. And uh, that's something Charlie and I both enjoy doing. Charlie especially, he's always had a very green thumb. And getting all those fresh vegetables, oh, there's nothing better than new potatoes and green beans with some bacon in them. Or, uh sun warm tomato right off the vine mm. Mm, mater sandwiches <laughs> and we right now you know here it is the end of december and we do already have our tomato plants up and going in the man cave you know here in the house yeah i've got uh some heirloom some uh small tomatoes they're not cherry tomatoes they're just a small tomato that are heirloom and i try to keep at least a couple of those growing all the time. And we've got one that's 
probably going to start putting tomatoes on here in the next week or so. Yeah, it's already bloomed out. Yeah. And so looking so forward to the big garden this year. Like I said, that's one of our goals and that's an obtainable goal. Now, how much we produce, yeah. uh, it left to be unseen, but we'll see what happens with that. But I'm looking forward to being able to work in the garden with you this year. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to our, probably our biggest thing this year. We set a goal of by the end of the year being, uh, I don't want to say working from home because we don't really work from home all the time. Uh, we we were able to give up our town jobs. Right. I was, you know. Our outside employers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was working part-time and I was able to give that up. And uh, Pardon me. Shelly was working full-time, five oh, days a week. Full-time plus. plus. <laughs> in town and we actually made it into a position this year that we can actually not have to work outside of our own operations, I guess yeah, here is how to say it. Texas. You know. But we also, when we were talking about doing that and setting that goal, that was something that was very scary for us. Uh, and it's just the society, you know, that we live in. Losing that income every month was was a scary venture it was i mean but when we also sat down and looked at what i was spending every day going back and forth to town and fuel because we live 24 miles out and what i was spending on because before you go to work you stop and get you a snack and most of the time i would brown bag my lunch but sometimes i wouldn't and between the eating out and the snacks and the gas money and the time alone that I was away from the house. Uh, oh, and it never failed. Every time I would get a project going when I was at the most critical point of it, it would be the days that I had to yeah. leave every morning and go that's to town. You, and you were yeah. only working three days a week, yeah, but yeah. that was always how it turned out. And that's just that's just life. But it, that was a scary it a was. scary realization that hey we're we're going to do this and you know and really we talk about setting goals i think that whole deal was a perfect example you know we set the we set this goal just about this time last year right was to be by the end of 2020 be working strictly for us and uh yeah not putting money in another corporate uh, a big corporation's pocket yeah be putting it be working for ourselves and putting that money into our pocket you know and that was our big goal we set for the whole year but we broke that down we we sat and we looked at this is what we need to accomplish before what little bills we had okay these got to be paid before we can do this and this needs bought. And then we sat down, we made a list. Okay, here's some bigger ticket items that right. we need to buy before we do this. And so we we made a list of those. Hung kind, it on the refrigerator. Kind of <laughs> uh, priority basis. Right. And we just started working through and checking them off. And, you know, okay, well, that one's done. You know, then everything... We had every spare penny would go to the next one. 
And I'm real big, uh, I'm list driven, but having that list in black and white hanging on the refrigerator and taking our Sharpie marker and marking through each thing that we got accomplished or bought or paid off, uh, it goes faster than you think it would. It, it does, you know, because, and I'm horrible bad about getting overwhelmed and that's the way most people are. They look and they're like, man, we got a mortgage and car insurance and car payments and, and boat payment and all of this, you know, and it does, it looks monumental sometimes. And especially if you look at, you know, there's young people in their twenties that are five to eight, that hundred thousand dollars in debt. Oh my word. You know, and, and you look at that and it's, it's a monumental task. You just, you can't see light at the end of that tunnel. But if you break it down that, okay, first thing we're doing is we're paying this credit card off, this credit card, and then we're destroying them. I'm not saying get rid of all your credit cards because it is kind of handy to have one in case of emergencies or most times now you go to a motel or have to rent a car. You, you can't have do to, it without a yeah, credit card. Yeah, you have to have a credit card. You know, for years I carried one around in my pocket that had a $200 limit on it, <laughs> strictly for emergencies. And I would carry it until they would send me a notice saying, if you don't use it, we're gonna cancel it. Well, I'd go get a tank of fuel, come home, put a check straight in the mail to pay for it. <laughs> and most of your cards, you know, if you pay them with, by, before the end of the month, there's no interest or anything. And we do have just one credit card now, but it's a, not an interest bearing, what is that? It's a stock bearing credit card. Yeah, it's uh, the, instead of getting uh, reward money or, or gifts or points or whatever, we actually get stocks as a right as and, a money back. And all of our purchases are rounded off. Say it's fourteen dollars and fifty seven cents. It rounds it to fifteen dollars, and, and that change goes into goes into buying stock. And we pick the stocks, uh, and that is the only credit card that we have. And so we we don't. We don't use it a a whole bunch. No, we really don't. We pretty much run entirely we run on, on cash, cash basis. We do use it, uh, like Tractor Supply. Oh yeah, because that's one one of the stock back places that we can get stock back on it. And, uh, and we're, if we, that's something you're interested in, contact us in comments or email email or. Uh, Way out west Texas Facebook or Twitter. So we, uh, I can hook you up and give you the information on that. Uh, but that was one of our goals though, was to, we don't have very many bills. Uh, we, we've been blessed, we've been smart, uh, we've been diligent. And so we are mortgage free, we are off grid, so we don't have utility payments, but we still have car insurance and our phone bill and prescription uh, bills every month. And, and because we live on a farm, we have feed bills every yeah, month. Yeah, they're higher than most people's mortgages. <laughs> I was gonna say our feed bill's crazy, but <laughs> the people at the feed store love us. <laughs> but uh, that was one of our big goals, you know, before I quit work full time. You quit before I did. Yeah. 
and uh, before I quit full-time that was one of our goals to have a lot of this little stuff taken care of and a lot of these bigger ticket items paid for yep. and we did that yep. and that is so cool to break it down into baby steps I don't want to call it baby steps yeah but that's exactly you know it's and to watch it get marked off and what's then, that old saying how you eat an elephant one bite at a time, time? That's kind of what it is. I mean, and and but this it took, lifestyle. It took us nine months. It did. But uh, we went from a two income, uh, outside income, I guess is how yeah. to put that, a family, to zero outside income. Well, in know, nine months, and I think that is, I, I think that's stellar. I think you know, that's awesome. And, and a lot of it is. But we worked our tails off. A lot of it, you know, is wasn't financially driven. It was more driven by time. I was worn out. Well, and, and I mean, we just, this year, you know, with the rabbits, you know, we picked up a couple more horses this year. Yay! And, you know, just with the increased work, as we're growing, the work is increasing. And it was getting to a point that I couldn't work three days in town and keep up with it, so I quit my job, and I still couldn't keep up with everything. You know, we even had the conversation, okay, do we hire some outside help? And that's when the light bulb went on and went, okay, well, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, you're going to town and working for $2 an hour because you're giving the other $10 an hour to somebody to help you do the stuff that you'd be doing if you wasn't working. <laughs> exactly. You know? And so, yeah, so that was our big goal this year. We're both home full-time now. Uh, we are very careful with our money, and uh, sounds crazy to a lot of people, but we make sure our animals and feed bill that that's no matter what. That's the first thing that's... That's the first thing that's taken care of, and, uh, and then we kind of budget around what's left over. Yeah. We use the envelope budgeting. And that's made a huge difference, and we run on a cash basis, which has been another big goal this year. We're we're running on a cash basis, and that really has helped us a lot. Yeah, one of the not things. Not saying that that's what you should do. I'm just saying for me and Charlie, that's that really worked out well. Well, one of the things we started, and I know you've heard me say it before, is we started out and spent two months that we really, really watched and tracked what we spent. Right. Absolutely, every penny we spent, we saved the receipts, and then at, at the end of each month, we could sit down and look at them. And that was kind of the starting of the, you know, not working in town, because, I mean, you could actually draw it out, and you could see on our expenses the days we were in town. Yeah, because you when you're in town, I'll run to the dollar store and get Oh, I'm thirsty. I'll run in and yeah. get something to drink. Well, while I'm here, I'll get a snack, and you end up and it's ten bucks. You know, and and it's just money wasted. Well, and Charlie's problem was every time he goes to town, we live in a very small or outside of a very small town, but they do have a nice hardware store. And every time I turn around, <laughs> uh, there was a ticket coming through for the the hardware store, and simply because. You're in town, you're thinking about this next project. Oh, I'll just go ahead and pick it up now. And, and it may lay around for two or three months. <laughs> exactly. You know. 
But so yeah, us getting to be home full time, uh, that was, I think the biggest goal this year. Yeah, it was, you know, and like I said, that was that setting small goals to achieve a big goal. That's a perfect example of it. And I mean, it, yeah, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah, we you know we laid it out and we decided this is how we're going to do it and and doing it a little at a time and it's you know if you make this big monumental goal that it takes you five years to get to three years of spending every spare penny you have and and the work and the time and you're not seeing that that you're reaching that goal. That that can be that can be fatal to you, oh, to it, a project like this. Yeah, and know. it's and it's overwhelming. It uh, is. Like I said, you you tend to get more overwhelmed than I do. But uh, yeah, that. So be careful with your goals. Yeah, uh, set, but set down and set some small goals that you can reach, but you know tie them to your big goals. You know. You know, one of our other uh, big goals this year, and. It again by accident that it didn't get done last year. <laughs> we, well, we were yeah, still in yeah. the process of finishing well, the house and everything, but we Charlie did research for months on wood burning stoves, and we got the wood burning stove last year. But it sat in its crate in the corner of the living room, and last year propane was ridiculously expensive we were spending about 65 or 70 dollars every week to 10 days for propane exactly and you know at the end of the year that adds up it adds up a lot especially yeah. you know with someone whose income is what ours is yeah and so we set that goal to get that wood burning stove in because propane is just it's a bill and we don't want bills uh Nobody wants bills, but we we didn't want that outside bill. Yeah, and not being able to be more self reliant. And the uh, the wood burning stove was a good example of you know we talk a lot about reusing, repurposing. It was going to be about five hundred dollars for everything to install the stove. Right. And it just so happened. And then I added to that because I wanted a ceramic tile wall behind it for a heat sink. Yeah. And to make it look nice. Well, you know, and it worked out good. Our daughter and son-in-law bought a place that had a mobile home on it that had a wood stove in it. They were not using the wood And, and they took it all out. And it worked out. I think I had to buy one three-foot piece of pipe. Now, we didn't buy their stove. No, uh, we no. We, all the, we got all the pipe from them. Yeah, all all the the pipe and the, the hardware to go through the ceiling and roof and and all that. You know, so that saved us several hundred dollars. Right, and yeah. uh, now our wood-burning stove is up and going. We have not spent a single dime for propane. Well, we, we for, do, but for it's... For heat, it's the only thing propane in our house is my cook stove well, and no. we do have a wall heater uh back at the very back of the house because we do have parrots and if we're going to be gone and it's cold like it is today they do need some heat yeah we'll Seldom, turn it on to keep it bearable right. for them 
most of the time, but, 95% of the time, that stove is not lit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, our 65 to $70 a week propane is now 65 or $70 every month or six weeks, you know. Uh, you know, the wood-burning stove has made that. I don't think it's that much. I mean, because... It, it may not be. I really haven't paid attention. You know, we got a, a bottle-filled... I'm trying to think how long ago. is a little over a month ago. Yeah, I don't remember. That's why I say I really haven't been paying and attention. And we're still running on that bottle. Yeah. So, But uh, the neat thing about the wood-burning stove, yes, we live in the desert, no, there are no trees. Well, there's mesquite trees. But uh, this year, that was one of our goals. And I know you're thinking, okay, we're redneck. Yeah, I'm rednecker than you. We saved all of the as we were building, scrap wood. Yeah, as we were building the house and the barn and the shed and everything, all the the lumber scraps we just put in a pile and... The lumber that could be burned. Yeah. If it yeah. was pressure treated, we didn't, yeah. we don't uh, burn in. Yeah, you know, or the the press board or masonite or any of that stuff, we didn't. Uh, but there was probably, I bet we got probably three pickup loads of wood out of that. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. our heating bill this year has been zero. Yeah, zero so far. And uh, I, I actually enjoy going out and cutting up the wood and watching that wood pile go away and the yard looks neater. But the really cool thing about installing the wood burning stove for over a year, it was going to be in the corner of our living room. We actually, with it just setting and not installed, we had a plan to go in the corner of the living room and with it setting over there, we figured out that that, that wasn't, wasn't, going, that to wasn't going to work out, you know. Uh, so we moved it over kind of in the dining area. It's basically in this cabin, the 14 by 32 foot side of this cabin. Yeah. It's basically in the center of the room. Yeah. But uh, the way our floor plan is, instead of having it just set out in the middle of the floor... Like I said, I wanted the ceramic tile behind it, and that is another one of our big goals this yeah. year. Charlie built us a pantry. That wood-burning stove sets on the outside wall of the pantry. Of the pantry. And ladies, I love my pantry. <laughs> it is eight foot by five foot. Eight foot by five foot, and the I don't know how tall it is. It's very tall. Oh, uh, it's a peak. It's nine feet. And shelves galore, can racks, and the door going into the pantry is on the kitchen side. That wall divides the kitchen from the living room, and the wood-burning stove sets against that wall. It looks so nice, but it killed two birds with one yeah. stone. yeah installing the wood burning stove we were like hey this would be a perfect place for a pantry and the pantry came to fruition this year it's something that we've talked about for two years yeah and uh yeah that that from the time we started on this we were concerned about storage space especially you know for dry goods right and that just that worked out that that gave us a nice pantry and it gave us a 
a perfect place on the back side of it to, to put the wood stove. And yeah. it, it just, it fell into place accidentally. But another one of those projects that pop up, you know, yeah. you know life life takes over and went, went, hey, this is perfect. Let's put the pantry here and we'll put the wood burning stove here. And that was a project, oh my, probably a month. Yeah. We probably spent a good month working yeah, every spare minute. You know, it's it's like everything else. Like I say, life's dynamic, you know. It's with us, our, our animals are come first with pretty much everything. So, you know, there was days that nothing got done on the pantry because... We had we, a sick horse or we were yeah, out or, trying to find two calves that were had disappeared. Yeah, or, you know, or something, so... Or butchering chickens or whatever it yeah. was. But yeah, so the pantry was a big goal that got met this year that yeah. I am so thankful for. I am so enjoying my pantry. My cabinets now here in the kitchen are so much more organized because I don't have stuff yeah, we've actually got packed in them in every nook and cranny trying to make do with the space that we had. Yeah, we built one shelf around the top, all the way around the top of the pantry that is room for food processor, vacuum sealer, waffle iron, waffle iron, all that kind of stuff. Coffee grinder. You know, so that <laughs> gets all that out of our kitchen cabinets so that we can better utilize them. And that's another thing about projects. Don't be scared to start something new. I was, I don't know what the word is, maybe adamant that I wanted a ceramic tile wall behind the wood-burning stove. You see a lot of people that put tin or hardy yeah. backer or stone, and I didn't like any of those looks. I wanted the ceramic tile uh, for the heat sink that well, looks that like old barn wood. And... I I read and YouTubed and everything, talked to several people, and I put up, well, Charlie built the wall, but I did all the tile, and I've never done that before, yeah. but I jumped in, and I enjoyed doing it. it you now, know, it's not and something that, it's and it's not something that we had to pay somebody to do. Yeah. We jumped in, we did it. And you know, that's one of those things we get so caught up in looking at the price of something instead of the value of it. Right. You know, that tile was not cheap tile. No, it wasn't. It, it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was fairly expensive. But it's what I wanted. But we were doing, you know, I don't remember what it was. It was like five boxes of that tile, you know. I think is around a hundred bucks for that tile. You know, had we went with just whatever we could have found cheap, would have been fifty or seventy bucks. So you know, we spent thirty or forty dollars more, but it looks a lot nicer, and it's what we wanted there. Yeah. You know? But that and was, like I said, people look at the price, not the value. You know. You know. So yeah, the pantry I think is me being home full time, you being home full time, and the pantry and the rabbitry you know, have been our big goals this year. Yeah. And the wood-burning stove, we got rid of our propane bill. Well, yeah. we didn't get rid of yeah, it, but... Yeah, we, we cut it probably 80% at least. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah, the only thing now, like I said, is my cook stove. And yeah. because we are solar power uh, during the day, I tend to use my electric appliances, whether it's my electric griddle or my toaster yeah. oven. Well, the 
the electric is free, we buy the propane, you know? That's right. It's renewable, and that's not... But Probably, I guess, our, our final big thing this year was with you being home, you were able to spend a lot of time working on developing some homeopathic, uh, I don't want to say ancient, but it was uh, recipes for some some homeopathic salves and stuff. Uh, salves and lotions that and the, the The Apache Indians of this area used and uh, some soaps and... Well, for the last two years, I've really been studying the uh, the Apache, the Mescaleros and the Apache Indians and what they ate, what they used and been studying the desert plants. And if you look at the desert and you and you don't see anything and you think it's dead, take a closer look. The desert is so alive. Now, there's a lot of things that are alive in the desert that I just assume not see. They, Scorpions, uh, rattlesnakes, but the plants, almost every plant that grows in this desert has some form of medicinal quality. Yeah. And uh, because Charlie has some significant health problems, that's how that came to be. And I got to reading about chaparral or creosote. And I have come up with this creosote or chaparral salve that has helped Charlie tremendously. And before it was over with, it was muscle rubs and lotion bars and uh, lotions. And because we're far, basically farmers and if, You've ever seen a farmer's hands are always cracked and dried and cut and and uh, I have so enjoyed learning about the medicinal qualities of our plants around here. And if you're interested in any of those products, especially the chaparral salve that I make very often, uh, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, get a hold of me on Way Out West Texas. Be happy to sell you some and ship it to you. You're gonna love how it smells. It smells just like a rainstorm on the desert. Uh, but yeah, that's another, that's a big thing. That that has really helped us become more self-sustainable. That's been a, a pretty good income maker. Yeah. But it's the neatest thing for me, not is not the financial part of it, is learning yeah. that, learning the, the medicinal one of, the, one of the coolest things I learned this year along that line is the yuccas, the blooms on them, if the the leaves don't have spines on them, you can eat the blooms. Oh, the and blooms are, are awesome in a good. salad. Yeah. Yeah, the white blooms on a yucca yeah. that you see every spring coming into summer. Yeah. Go pick you a handful of them. Like I said, as long as the... Rinse the, them off. Yeah, as of long course. as the leaves don't have the spines on them. Right. But you can eat them. The white blooms, the petals, you will be amazed how sweet and crunchy they are. Almost like a spicy celery. Every time I turn around, Charlie's bringing in a handful of them. And we eat a lot of salads because we grow a lot of our own produce. But salads are just one of the things that we eat a lot of. And those yucca blooms are fabulous. And yeah. then this year also, my husband has learned to make jelly. Yeah. 
And you want to talk about an income maker (laughs) sorely by accident. Yeah. He started making mesquite bean and prickly pear jelly. And for it's over with, he has me involved going out and harvesting. They call them tunas. Tunas off of the prickly pear. It's the fruit off of prickly pear. And he makes the best jelly. And it happened again by accident. You made some for us, and we gifted it to a couple of people. And before it was over with, we're getting phone calls for it. And now we sell it at the farmer's market, and yeah. we're out of it yeah. this year. There's no more fruit. So next yeah. year, we're going to have to be a little yeah. more. I have learned that you can preserve the fruit, process it, and preserve it, and make jelly out of it later. So, <laughs> But we're completely out of fruit this year yeah. for it. And the mesquite beans are the same way. Yeah, we harvested all all we could find. We even had a friend about 80 miles away was going through his place picking them for us. <laughs> Meeting him halfway. <laughs> Meeting him halfway, him and we were trading him jelly for beans. And, and salve. And salve for beans. But yeah, our projects for this year, though, what are they going to be, babe? Well, let's take a little break here for a second and hear word from our sponsor and then we'll start talking about next year okay so we're back so what's our game plan for this year well for two years i have wanted a porch on the front of the house because our house faces east yeah and so the sun during the daytime really heats up the house. Now during the winter, that's great, but during the summer, it's miserable. I really, really want a porch, and that's one of those projects that we have every year, but yeah, it life kinda, happens and it falls to the back of the line. Yeah, you know, and it, it's it's one of those deals. It's not just a, a place to lounge. In this country, it's kind of a necessity you know, it helps keep uh, the the intense sun off the the uh, sides of the house, and when it rains here, it's pretty hard and usually wind driven. So it you know helps keep you know some of that rain from weathering and blowing in around the doors and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of a little more than just a project. That's kind of a necessity. Yeah, I would really like a porch this year. Uh, And I think we talked, uh, we really, really plan on having a uh, marketable garden this year. Yep. A farm market garden. Yep, that's that's one of our, probably our biggest projects this year is going to be basically doubling the size of our garden. We'll be up to, oh, a little over a half an acre of a garden. And uh, we're trying some things. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn in a lot of the permaculture and and uh, some of these new gardening techniques. You know, they're all in places that get a lot of rain and things grow well anyway. We don't get very much rain. We don't get very much <laughs> rain and, and there's not a whole lot grows out here that's not native to this area. But I'm trying some different things and hopefully that'll that'll work out. And I want a greenhouse. We both want a greenhouse. Uh, we're still tossing around whether to attach it to the house or have it freestanding. Yeah, we're kind of in the in the 
initial stages of that, but that's probably going to be one of our biggest our biggest project. projects for the year because, you know, if we're going to do it, you know, we need it to where in our environment our weather the way it is uh, in a greenhouse, we could grow year round. You know, a lot of stuff we can grow year round. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, so we want big enough that we can do that and, you know, give us a early start in the spring on getting plants ready to go out and stuff. So that's probably going to end up be a, a fairly sizable project. Right. Uh, we keep seeing different, we, we've really been researching it and, there's a lot of people that use uh, repurposed doors and windows and stuff like that. And we're all about repurposing and reusing. We really truly are. But uh, I don't know if my little OCD mind <laughs> could handle a greenhouse built out of different doors and windows. That would drive me crazy. I that, think we're gonna go with probably that, that poly panel. Yeah, the clear poly panel, I think. Uh, probably what it, it's going to end up and be is is one smaller greenhouse that we can probably get up, you know, in the next couple of months that we could actually start utilizing to get plants started, and then a big one that we'll actually have some grow beds and stuff in. Well, one of the things that we can't do here with the greenhouse is do the plastic over yeah, PVC. Yeah, we got... Our winds today, that's one reason we're doing the podcast. We're stuck in the house today because we're having 35 to 50 mile an hour winds. It's 30 degrees outside and it's actually snowing here. Yep. I don't know whose weather this is, but it's drunk and making an ass out of itself and they need to come get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is probably our one snow for the year. But uh, yeah, the greenhouse, like I said, that's probably going to be a year long project. So keep track of us on way out west Texas and yeah. let's see how our greenhouse comes along and what some of the other things we're going to do this year that, one, one, that you have in your mind. One of the the first things we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and complete our plan on it, enlarging our chicken and egg operation because yes, yes, yes. you know we spent time this past year getting set up for it and we're at the point now that all we need are the chickens. So. Yeah. So we'll probably be picking up laying hens Do here. Do we get to keep Lulu? Yeah, oh, Lulu's a fixture. Good. She's more like a dog than a chicken. <laughs> and she looks like a... Looks like already running through the plucker. <laughs> she does look she like... She looks pretty rough, but she is. I mean, she'll she'll follow... <laughs> If she gets out the gate, all you got to do is open the gate and walk back in, and she just follows you back in, you know? She'll follow you all over. She's she's just a character, but like Charlie said, she looks like she's been ran through the plucker. <laughs> but, yes, more chickens. I'm excited about that, about the egg production alone. And we're looking... That and you like fried chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, one of our other projects is uh, we're, we're looking at... Uh, I don't know if expanding is necessarily the, the term that our electric. Oh, more batteries. Yeah, we're, our battery bank making our battery bank bigger. Yeah, we're we're looking at making our battery bank bigger, and we're also looking at maybe adding more. Uh, wind maybe, turbines. Maybe at least one more good size wind turbine. <laughs> we have one right now, yeah. and we're happy with it, but. 
I think we'd be happier with two. Well, uh, you know, like I said, we get quite a bit of wind here, so it's, you know, and... Uh, One of the things I want to do this year is every year, even though we live in the desert, people don't realize how cold it gets here. Night times get very cold, and especially during the winter, and last winter we had a pretty good snafu. Uh, I call it an epic fail. Yeah. Uh, we are, we got some very cold weather, below freezing weather for several days, and our water pump that brings the water into the house, it's a shallow well pump, but a uh, jet pump, is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, shallow well jet pump. But it froze and broke, and so it, it was a week or so before we could get another one well, found and purchased. In this part of the country, There's no shallow water wells. You know, oh, we're yeah. in the desert. You know. <laughs> uh, this particular area, good usable waters, five to seven hundred foot deep. So nobody in this part of the country sells shallow well pumps. And so, so I actually ended up and had to order the thing out of Michigan or somewhere. <laughs> But that is something I want to do uh, temporarily. Right now, we have cement blocks stacked uh, around it. With a, a temporary, I guess, plywood yeah, roof. Yeah, plywood roof. Over it, uh, over it, the lines and the yeah, pressure tank. And I want to make that permanent. I want to take that all down and go ahead and enclose our entire water system. Yeah. Uh, just well, there's some other sake. there's some other benefits of that too. It it helps alleviate fighting algae and stuff like that if if the tanks are enclosed or in a place with no windows where no sunlight can even get in to where the tanks are you know <laughs> okay so our projects this year is going to be let's see a bigger garden yep uh, a greenhouse maybe two yep uh, a porch hopefully keep your fingers crossed root for me guys I really want that porch more chickens uh in Proving our battery bank and possibly a wind turbine and enclosing the the water pump and lines. Yeah, our water system. And becoming more self-sustainable. So we're going to be pretty busy this year. Yep. The, the sustainability thing is, you know, we live in a society that makes it pretty hard. We're all, you know, we're hooked on Kroger and and stuff like that you know and and most people you know they don't uh they don't even know where to start and we're helping to hoping to help some of those people with that also exactly but in doing so you know really us, folks that's why we do this that's why we're on social media uh we really do want to help other people well we see we're, we're starting off on this journey to To learn from our mistakes, you know, we have had some epic fails. Oh yeah. And then there's other things that we have accidentally fallen into that have turned out to be a good thing. Yeah. And we want you to learn from our mistakes and yeah. and maybe get some ideas on how you can do it. That, you know, because it it can be done. It it can. It's uh. It's not the elusive. Yeah. Scary. We we are fortunate that. I guess you can say I'm pretty handy. You're very handy. You you're know, one I, of the smartest people I know. I, 
you're a pain in the neck most of the time, but you're one of the smartest I people I really around. haven't found anything that I can't do. Now, there's a lot of stuff I don't do well, but, you know, and Shelly, she's... She's one of these kind that you don't tell her not to do something because she'll <laughs> kill herself to do it, whether it's something she should be doing or not. But, you know, it's a joint effort. He's talking about his power tools. I want you to know he's talking about his power tools. Our biggest argument every week is... Over that drill. Over the drill. <laughs> or the fencing pliers. Yeah, or the fencing pliers. We switch hands with those 10 times a week. But, you know, and, and that's something I want to touch a little bit on. You know, if you're by yourself, you can do this. If you're not by yourself, it has to be a joint effort. I mean... Oh, it does. You know, you've got you've to get your kids to buy into this lifestyle. Or your spouse. And your spouse. Because if they're not buying into it and they're not helping, then they're actually a burden. Yeah. And I never want to be a burden. Well, and, and you know, it's, there's, and I'm not saying this against anybody or anything, but, you know, there are some women that just have never been taught how to do things for themselves. Right. And there's three or four generations. Oh, daddy's little girl. Everything was you know, taken care of for him. And I it, think, thankfully, I was not raised that way. Yeah. My dad was a mechanic his whole life and uh, a farm kid his yeah. whole life. And so it was yeah. learn to feed the goats and change your spark plugs and, hey, Shelly, go get the tractor and mow the pasture. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's, I'm not saying that, Daddy's little girl can't do it, but it may be that. Oh, oh, exactly. That's what I was saying know. earlier. Don't be scared to try something new. Oh yeah, you know if something's broke. Don't be afraid to tear into it and fix it. You ain't gonna break it any worse than it is. You know, you can always put it in a basket and take it to somebody that knows what they're doing. <laughs> it may cost you twice as much, but odds are you can fix it if you've got any kind of mechanical sense at all. You know. It, if I can't fix it, I know to come to you. Yeah. And if you can't fix it, I know to go buy something new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I can't fix it, I got a list of phone numbers of people I can call that probably can. But, you know, it's... And it's funny, our daughter, boy, is she... She's one of those people, uh, their water well on their new property, it was her that was... Yeah messing with that water well and set up the yeah, solar yeah. pump and, and 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 our son-in-law he's he's a pretty handy guy very handy know? guy and he couldn't figure it out and man i don't know i bet she spent 40 hours on her phone and she figured it out and she fixed her water well <laughs> and that's what i'm saying you know you, you i got tickled couple, when we went to visit she was like, no, that's not how you prime it. And she just jumped in there, and I was like, I am so proud of now, that kid. <laughs> you know, if you're a couple, you know each other, you know. This winter, one of Shelly's big tasks that she has took on herself is going through that pile of scrap lumber and cutting it down and everything so it fits our stove so that we can use it for firewood. You know, and... 
that don't bother me. That's, you know, if something were to happen to me, she would have to do that to, to heat the house. I know now that that's not an issue. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We, uh... Thanks for sticking around. Yep. Uh, first segment, we talked about kind of what we done in 2020. Yeah, we reflected on our goals that we accomplished and even some things that got thrown in our lap that we took off and ran with and it turned out pretty good. But now it's time to quit reflecting and start projecting. Yeah, talk a little bit about kind of some of our projects and plans and goals for 2021. What's the main goal that you have for us here at Way Out West Texas this year, babe? Well, one that I'm sure we will reach and uh, already started on is we're enlarging our garden. Yay! We're doing, oh, a little over twice the size. That's right. And uh, We've already ordered a lot of the seeds, uh, get our plants started here just really quick. We have such a long row season here that we're able to put them in the ground. Um, sometimes middle of March or so, the the cold weather stuff we can. Uh, that That's going to be probably one of our bigger projects this year. Right. Uh, it's going to be over double the size. And this year, we're not going to have to worry about horses and rabbits and cows. Yep. And got... even grandkids getting in there and completely destroying the garden. Yep. Uh, we got a good fence around it. Uh, Even we, got a hot wire around the top yep, of it. Yep. And we're uh, actually was productive last year. For, it was pretty productive. For, for getting decimated once by horses and twice by cows. <laughs> so we actually planted four times last year and still still, still come out pretty decent yeah we had a we had a good turnout especially of uh tomatoes and hot peppers yeah uh our green beans did well and, and so peas, our peas done real well and so i'm excited about having the the bigger garden but it's it's a lot of work uh where we live here what zone are we in eight eight a eight a uh and of course it's the desert and so there's there's a lot of soil prep that has to go into it. And like Charlie was has said before, if you plant a big garden and it fails or it doesn't do well, don't give up. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what people fail to tell you is a lot of times with a garden spot, it may take three or four or five years to get the soil proved up to where it's good and fertile. Uh, one of the best additives for a garden is compost. And, uh, you oh, know, and we've been doing that for a couple of years. Everything yeah. from the rabbitry, household scraps, even some wood ash, uh, newspaper. Yeah, anything, I guess you call it organic, organic uh, is going into our compost. And Charlie spends a lot of time out there turning it over. And, uh, I guess that's what you call it, turning it over. Yeah, turning it. And we uh, have a couple places in town that we, one, a couple has some pens and they rent out to people in town that keep horses out there and and uh, cows and 
there's even a pen full of donkeys out there right now. <laughs> but yeah, you're able to go out there and just get uh, yeah. pick up load of manure if you want it. Yeah, they uh, a few times a year they just take a tractor and scrape all the pens out and push it up in a pile and it's there for the taking. And uh, also our our County 4-H show facility, after the stock shows, they clean everything out and it's put out behind and it's the same way and it's uh, a little bit of everything in it too and yeah and so been really working on getting our soil ready uh just ordered a new motor for the rototiller and so yeah. i really think that that much bigger actually it's going to be more than double the size and yep. uh, a lot more plants than we had last year so that's that's one of our goals that's one of our projections for this year uh what's What's another one that you've got on your mind? Well, what I'd like to do, and and I don't, I really haven't done anything much more than just kind of started researching. I'd like to have us a nice size greenhouse up before next winter. I would love to have a greenhouse. We uh, we actually, uh, where we're at, with a minimal amount of extra heat, we could probably a lot of things we could grow year round in a in a greenhouse. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? That I would, would love be. that. And so I'm looking forward to having the greenhouse. Now, are we going to be attaching the greenhouse to the, uh, the side of the house, like a carport-style greenhouse, or well, is it going to be freestanding? Uh, first, kind of what I'm thinking is to build a, I guess you would call it a lean-to type off of the south side of the house. And that way, through the winter, we can also utilize that as solar heat for the house also. Oh, that, okay, that's kind of cool. We've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what you had uh, kind of implemented in your brain. And so that it, would be very cool. It's it's gonna be a smaller one. It's not gonna be horribly big. Uh, it may turn out about eight foot wide by 20 foot long, maybe. That's pretty good size. It's, it's good size, but it's not gonna be, um, it's going to be set up more for our seed starting and stuff like that. And a lot of our heirloom stuff, we try to keep some of those plants growing year round for the heirloom seeds. And uh, that, that'll kind of be for them. And if it works out and really works well, then in the next couple of years, we'll probably put up a, a Fairly significant size for your standing one. Very cool. I'm looking forward to the greenhouse. Are you going to do any kind of hydroponics or aquaponics? I know that you've been researching on that. Uh, I I honestly have no idea how that works. Well, I, I, th I think... I'm old school. You plant stuff in the dirt and you water it and then you pick it and you eat it. Uh, and so the aquaponics and hydroponics are are something that you've really been studying about. So are you gonna be implementing that in our greenhouse? Uh, probably some on a small scale for the fact, one of the things that really grows incredibly well in, in hydroponics, aquaponics, any of that kind of stuff is lettuce. Oh, and see, we wanna raise a lot of lettuce for the rabbit tree. Yeah, so. Uh, a lot of greens, I shouldn't say yeah, just lettuce. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it does well in those kind of systems and we should be able to grow at least part of our 
our feed for our rabbits year round in a greenhouse with it. For those of you not aware, we have a rabbit tree and uh, we raise meat rabbits and uh, rabbits for the 4-H kids and some of them we sell as pets, most of them we sell for meat rabbits or, or we eat. Yeah. And so part of the garden for us, one of the goals with the bigger garden is to cut down our feed bill by supplying a lot more greens out of our garden for the rabbits. Yeah. And so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I did not know that about the lettuce growing so much better in the aquaponics or hydroponics, whatever, whichever it is that yeah. you end up using. Yeah. Well, what I'm looking at initially is just a a small scale hydroponics where you're uh, using natural amendments and fertilizers in water and uh, feeding it directly to the roots of the plants. Cool. Uh, see how that works. If that works well, we may do a, a an aquaponics, which is the addition of fish and using their manure as a fertilizer for the plants. But that's a little more intensive system so that if we do that that'll that'll probably be sometime down the road yeah okay gotcha one of the things i want this year we've had so many projects going on where we're at the very end of the race now you know we can see the light at the end of the tunnel as far as the house is concerned we lack yep. the trim in the living room kitchen area and the flooring in the living room and kitchen area and the flooring is one of those things that we keep going back and forth we really haven't the main nailed reason, down yeah, what the, we're going to do yet the main reason it's not finished is we haven't decided what we're going to do yeah exactly but uh, we've had all these other projects going on building the rabbitry uh, enlarging the chicken coop and the chicken run the just a ton of projects and all this time our temporary porch is what we've had for the last three years and that and was one of the visions I had when we moved down here was having I call it a lean-to porch you know a shaded roof porch down against the ground to set in and to keep the sun off the front of the house and so I really would like at least to get a good start on a porch and i yep. also think that if we use the pro panel or metal roof on it i think that's going to give us more square footage i guess you would call that for rain catchment yeah, that exactly. you have in the works yeah exactly that's part of part of the idea of the the porch on the front will go the full length of the house be about 12 foot wide and it's to add rain catchment. And somewhere down the road, we will do the same thing probably on the back of the house and on the south side of the house also. Oh, that would be great. So all said and done is there basically will be a covered porch all the way around the house. And probably for the biggest thing is to shade the walls you know, in the summer when it oh, gets... Oh, and to give the dogs the cat's shade. Yeah, and in the summer when it gets 115, 118 degrees, just keeping the sun off of the walls... It oh, that makes a huge makes a difference. Makes a huge difference. And the plus to it is we add 
square footage for rain catchment. And it's uh, the rain catchment and water system. I know that's another one of our goals this year. Right now, uh, last year, our water tank, or not our water tank, I'm sorry, our water pump and the lines froze. Uh, we had a, a pretty harsh week of below zero temperatures and they did freeze. And so this year, it's a temporary solution, but we have cement blocks, cinder yeah. blocks. Yeah, concrete blocks. Concrete blocks stacked around it with a piece of plywood on it for a roof. And we want to make that permanent. Yeah. We want to close in the entire water system, the holding tanks or the cistern tanks and the pump and the pressure tank and all those lines. We want to make that a permanent thing. Yeah, we, in order to do it, we'll have to take completely apart our, our temporary enclosure and that would expose everything to the elements if it was to freeze. So, like it did last week. Yeah, so, I was so irritated. So we're uh, that that's something that we're probably not even going to think about starting on until summer. That's all but right. that is definitely one of our projects that's going to get finished this year because just the temporary that we've got around it has made a world of difference. Oh yeah, we haven't had a problem with our lines yeah. freezing or our pump freezing. And even though uh, we are in the desert, it doesn't get that that horribly cold like no, it did, say, no. when we were in Colorado or West Virginia or even Oklahoma. But uh, we use a shallow well water pump, jet pump. Yeah, shallow well to, jet pump. And pressure tank to get water into the house out of our holding tanks. And it froze and broke last year, and that's expensive. Yeah, they keep actually, replacing those. It actually busted the pump. So, I mean, it was completely replacing it. Right. And these cinder blocks or cement blocks that we have around it, that's not happened this year. And we've had, we've actually had snow yeah. this year. So, we've actually had more cold weather this year than last year. And our water is not froze. So, it's 2020 was just a crazy year. No, it is. It, it was just it crazy. It has been. <laughs> but, and then, uh, <clears throat> not only enclosing our water our water system right now that is ex or was exposed it's temporarily covered with cement blocks but we're also going to add the rain catchment yeah yeah we're going to start working towards getting the rain catchment completely running believe it or not uh let me see if i can remember this right you get for every inch of rain you get six tenths of a gallon per square foot square or foot. roof space so we don't get a lot of rain here yeah but when we do we get it a whole bunch at once yeah and you know uh so it's actually feasible in the desert to to live off of rainwater there is several people that do it there's a lot of people that do it a matter and, of fact the the water well drilling company that's very popular around here the ones that he goes to that they can't uh they fiscally afford to yeah. go as deep as they need to to get water he tells them put in a rain catchment system because we do get enough rain uh and if you have enough square footage that you can live 
on the rainwater. Yeah. yeah. And we, the way we're set up, we, uh, we get our drinking water right now in town. You know, we have a gallon. Well, we buy bottled water yeah. to drink. We, and we have all these filters and everything on our water system. Uh, but for whatever reason, we buy bottled water and that's, we've well, done our, it for years. Our water, like the, the surrounding country around here is high alkali and it can make you sick. Uh, I mean, it really don't make you sick. It's just some people that don't agree with their digestive system. And just so that there's no issues, we we buy our drinking water. It's we and, it, But we've done that for years, yeah. so it's nothing yeah. new to us. There's nothing saying that we can't drink our water yeah. here. Yeah. We have three filters plus a UV filter yeah. uh, on our water system. Uh, our water is completely drinkable. Yeah. Potable. Potable. Yeah. Potable. But, uh, but I'm kind of spoiled, you know, good RO water or, or good quality drinking water makes your coffee and tea taste so much better. This is true. It really does. I, I'm kind of spoiled to that. <laughs> uh, what, what about little projects? I know we got a lot of a lot of little projects. Today. Yeah. Well, I want to paint the, we have new clothesline poles. Yeah. When we moved down here, uh, you did build us clothesline poles out of uh, wood four by fours. Yeah. And I did not like where they were at from the very beginning. Uh, and now we have heavy metal poles and wire on the back side of the house, right out the back door where it's the washer's more, close, washer's way closer to it. Yeah, it's way more convenient. And, and so I, I want to get those poles painted. So that's yeah. a little project yeah. that I'll get, that I'll get wrapped up. It's as you're living this lifestyle, you, and you hear us say it all the time. Life happens, you know. Boy, and, does it. You know, and that's one of them deals. Uh, I don't remember what came up while I was building the clothesline poles, but I got them all welded up and dug some fairly substantial holes <laughs> to set them in and set them in concrete and something else went on and I didn't get finished painting them. I, the paint cabinet over here, there's paint in there to do it. I just <laughs> Well, I want to get the clothesline poles painted. Uh, we do want to finish up the man cave. Yep. We are, it's, it's really a second bedroom, but it's been taken over by Charlie as the man cave, and that's where he does his leather work and keeps his uh, track of all of his rabbit stuff and the yeah, farm kind of stuff. The, the office slash leather shop slash gun shop. Gun shop, reloading room. <laughs> yeah, that's where you do your reloading and yeah. all that stuff. And so it's become the man cave, but uh, it's livable. But it's only half finished. We still need to finish two walls with sheetrock yeah. and put the ceiling in. Yeah. But he's already got desk and cabinets and everything else back there. And it works and we're comfortable with it. But I would like to get that finished. Yeah. And that's one of them ones that, you know, we talk about setting little goals. That's one that you're talking about $100 in an afternoon, you know, and... Well, an afternoon to do the work. It's yeah. going to take a full day to get everything out of there yeah. so that we can't do the work. Yeah. 
because you've got a lot of stuff back yep. there. Yep. He's even got uh, trays full of plants that already started, you know, to put in the garden. Yep. Back there. So yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get the man cave finished. Uh, I'd like to get the trim in the living room and kitchen finished. Yeah, that and that's one of them deals. We're just going to have to settle on what we're doing. The way, uh, the way it is built, you you can't really buy trim to fit the angles and everything. So I'm going to have to make the trim. Right. And uh, and we just need to start on that. And that's again. That's maybe a couple days and a couple hundred dollars. Well, know. there's there's another little project that I would like to do. Uh, I haven't discussed this with you, so this is going to be the first time he's hearing about this. And uh, we'll see if the project comes to fruition or not. But back here at the end of the house where we have our batteries and our inverters and charge controllers and all of that stuff, that it wasn't an afterthought. It was a hanging on the back of the house when we were getting started and it just got a roof thrown over it and plywood built up around it and i would like to take that off organize it and have a walk-in i'm going to call it power shed a power room uh so that it's not let's use the word cobbled or piecemealed together well i would like for that to really because uh, when people do come out to look at our solar yeah. and stuff I would like it to yeah. be more, what's the word, we you know, where they can open the door and they can see all of the components. Yeah, yeah. And or the way it is, if you open the door and if I'm standing there trying to show them something, they can't see. Exactly. In fact, what I've been kicking around is as we uh, build this basically concrete block building around the water system is incorporating that into the, into... I did not know you were thinking about that. That is fabulous because well, it's going to keep it cool, dry, and warm. That's with your solar components, and it's something we deal with. Uh, our outback components, most everything, their upper temperature operating range is around 104 degrees. And as I said before, we get close to 120 you know, in the heat of summer. Well, that's and, why we have a hole in the house with a, a register. Yeah. A register over it so that when we're running the swamp cooler during the summer, it's actually we actually open that, that, uh, that register up and it's cooling off what we call the battery room. But yes, I would like to, that would be fabulous if we could incorporate the solar stuff in the same room with the well, and you also you know that solar water. yeah the that water. solar equipment does generate some heat, you know, so that would be an added benefit to the water system in the in the winter time, and the uh, the water acts as a heat sink. So it keep it cool that would help the keep it cool in the summer, along with the the concrete blocks. Isn't it funny though how you and I both have been thinking about that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, let's do that. So look for that to happen on our Way Out West Texas Facebook page or YouTube. Uh, let's see what other little projects I I am still looking at enlarging the barn. Yes, we we have to enlarge the barn. We're 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 running we out of room. Ran again. out of room, um, and we keep adding animals. Yeah, 
I think probably what's going to happen is uh, we're going to probably do something a little different for shelter for the horses so we can take that part of the barn and use it for the, the rabbit, rabbit tree. tree. And uh, uh, probably, you know, if this concrete block building stuff goes as planned, you know, we may build a, a, a concrete block uh, feed and tack room, maybe something that's that would be wonderful. Our you know, feed and tack, our feed is all stacked on one side of the barn right now. Uh, we call it the the kitty jungle gym. The barn cats have taken over it. They have they have such a good time playing on the hay and the feed sacks and the and the barrels. But well, that's one of them deals. As we started that. I guess that's basically a fourth of the barn was... Yeah, it's it's a good 25% of the barn. You know, was dedicated as a, as for feed storage and, and such, which was fine. But now we've got, we've added enough animals that our, our required <laughs> room to store feed has <laughs> multiplied. So... And now all of our tack, because now we have four horses... Well, technically, we have three. One of them lives here, but he's not ours. He, it, it's belongs, a <laughs> he belongs to the neighbor, but he decided he lives here. and Two years ago. <laughs> yeah, and we fed him and took care of him for two years. And I have tried to run him off. I have tried to take him home. <laughs> and I take him home on a lead rope, turn him loose, and he usually follows me right back. <laughs> He's an old fat horse, and he will run to keep up with the four wheeler when I turn him loose. <laughs> but between the horses and that, we do, yes, that that is one of the projects is get the the barn enlarged, or if nothing else, get some horse, not necessarily stables, but shelter. Well, yeah. But our we need a tack room. Yep. We our storage shed that is supposed to be for your toolboxes and weed eaters and stuff like that. Literally one half of it now is full of tack. Saddles take up a lot of room. Yeah, halters, leather, uh, all that stuff takes up a lot of room, and so we need a we need a tack room, or we need some place to put our tack. Right now, uh, just because we're old and crippled, <laughs> <laughs> we're not crippled. But we keep our saddles and our blankets and our halters and stuff in the wheelbarrow in the barn and push it out to the horse pens when we want to ride. <laughs> well, and right now with these new horses, we're riding. All the time. Yeah. Every other day or every third day. So instead of making a half dozen trips back and forth to the shed. It's just easier to keep it in the big wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, we can just roll the wheelbarrow out to the horse pen and everything is there. Well, one of the things, you know, we talk about uh, earlier about how goals and plans, how they'll take longer than you think, whether it's because of financial struggles or time constraints or whatever. Like I said, but, there's just, there's so much of what we're doing. Anybody that's living, even if you're you're living on a farm doing, you know, 2,000 acres a wheat, there's just, well, that's, things just take time. The, for instance, the wood 
I probably spend literally a couple of hours a day, at least four days a week, uh, keeping us in firewood. But one of the things that's going to take some time, we have some uh, issues with, we need a new motor for the rototiller and we need to get that put on. Uh, we need a new shaft for the four-wheeler, a rear shaft for the four-wheeler. Which showed up today, thank you. Oh yeah, UPS showed up. Yeah. And so, uh, those little things, they take time. And then they, the time that you take to fix the the four-wheelers or the tractor or all these little things that yeah. need fixed take away time from your bigger projects or from your everyday projects. That's, that's why right now, as we're getting our bigger projects lined up, you know, we're taking this time to try to take care of a lot of this little stuff. A lot of the little stuff. You know, I've got the parts today. Uh, you know, it'd be three or four hours of work. And uh, we should have the four-wheelers lined out. Uh, I'm in the middle of rebuilding the engine on a tractor. I've got all the parts for that, but that's just a time time deal also that's, and we're trying to get a lot of, our, of that i think that's one of our goals is also to get the tractor uh going through and get it back up to going i miss having the tractor but so we've learned this last year not to set great big goals for ourselves because there's just so many things that happen like charlie said life happens and it gets overwhelming and so we just we're trying hard not to do that this year, not to let ourselves get overwhelmed. Me being home full time has certainly helped with that. Oh yeah. Cause I'm able to take care of a lot of the little projects like the trim in the bathroom or, or painting the clothesline poles that take away Charlie's time from doing the big projects like working on the tractor and stuff. And so there's no one job around here that's designated his or mine, and, and, it's a joint effort. And it has to be. I mean, if if there's five of you living on a, an off-grid farmstead, you know, all five of you have to... Pitch in. Yeah, you know, it, even little kids, you know, there's, you know, you can make a game out of pulling weeds, you know. <laughs> Roy, I mean, you know, and, and as they grow in it, or you can you know, slip your grandson 20 bucks to come out and help you harvest mesquite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, there's, like I said, there's one of the problems we've had is we have overloaded ourselves, you know. Right. For the last three years, we have. And that's why it's, you know, okay, it's a panic to get the sheetrock up. Okay, the sheetrock's up the water pump goes out. So all the the effort is, and finances is directed towards that. And by the time you get that taken care of, something else has came up, you know, and, uh, you know, we're working real hard to, to set little weekly goals. Right. And just little simple stuff. And I recommend that for anybody. Yes, have your long-term goals oh, yeah. uh, out there for yourselves, but don't don't be in a hurry. Uh, and 
and you, you'll hear us talk a lot about this, and, and we do it because we see so many people fail because uh, of, I, I want to say expectations. Yeah, high expectations. You know, they, they think that, okay, we bought this land, everything's going to be rosy from now on. And, and that's just, that's not the way it is. I mean. You never say it's going to be rosy. You always say yeah. unicorn farts and. Uh, rainbow dust. And, and rainbow dust. That's what it is. <laughs> but, you know, it's like we said before, it's life, you know. Just like everybody else, there are unexpected things come up. There's unexpected financial obligations. There are unexpected health problems. Health problems. Time, you know, something shifts and goes on, and all of a sudden you're you're strapped for time. And what should take you, you know, five full days of work may end up taking you five full months of work. Simply because of the time. Yeah, constraints. just because, you know, you 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 start a project, and something flies apart. You got to stop what you're doing there, and your time and finances have to go to whatever flew apart. Right. And you so, know, and so I mean, it's it's good to set goals. I mean, set, you know, where do you want to be in five years? You know, and make that a goal, but don't let that be your only goal. Right. Because it will consume you. And expect the unexpected. I know oh, people say man. that all the time, but really do expect the unexpected. And it is. And, and do you like remember I said, our it's... first year here, uh, we would, the first year we were here, the first few months, we would laugh about the signs out here on the road. It says, watch for high water, watch for rising yeah. water and stuff. And it's the desert. Well, let me tell you something. When we get those monsoon rains, it there's it, times that there's been six inches of water, you know, an acre wide going across our property at a high rate of speed. And so, our first year here, without we never even fathomed, we never thought about it. We had to put in two culverts yeah. just so we could get back and forth yeah. to our house. That was a big project because we did it all by ourselves. Yeah. And, with and, shovels. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, that was unexpected time. Uh, it took time. It took a lot of time. And, you know, it was unexpected expense. You know, and we had to put other things on the back burner. And, you know, and just, like I said, life happens. Yeah, you expect know, and that, the unexpected. <laughs> and, but... Yeah, set your long-term goals. You know, where do you want to be in five years or ten years? But, you know, set some some more achievable goals, short-term, easily achievable goals. Oh. Even if they're minute and really don't add anything to a project, it's progress. It's you set this goal, you met that goal, that is done. And it's tangible. And you it's can tangible see that progress. And you can see it and you're going, yay. And and it, it helps keep your momentum up. It does. If you've got one goal and it's five years out, for three years, you really don't see that you're getting any closer to that goal. And that makes it hard to succeed. 
It does. I mean, something as simple as putting your name on a sign at the end of your driveway. Yeah. That was one of my goals, and it took me one whole afternoon. Yeah. But I'm so tickled, you know, that goal was met. And like I said, then it was like, oh, I got that one done. Now I can move to the next one. And like you said, it really does. It increases your momentum, and it's tangible evidence that you can look at and go, yes. You know, and well, check that off your list. So, if you're out there working from daylight to dark every day, and believe me, people, if you're living in in an off grid farmstead, you're working daylight to dark <laughs> every day of the year. If you're doing that for for two years or three years, and you're not reaching a goal, you're not any closer to your dream. It, it's shattering. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. It's it's so disheartening. It is. But, you know, like I said, you know, okay, this week, my goal is to get the weeds out of the ditch in the front of the house. <laughs> you know, at the end of the week, you can look back there and everything's mowed up and nice looking and clean. And, and it makes you feel good. It makes you want to do more. It does. So set... Set, set your long-term goals, yeah. yes, but also set those short-term, easy-to-achieve goals just so that you have that that evidence and that tangible thing that you can look at and touch that you've achieved because it really does help. It really does help with your long-term goals. I was talking to a lady here a while back, and I may have already told this story, but she had... A lot of five-year goals. And, and they were very, very pertinent goals. You know, in five years, she wanted to be able to, to grow and process her own meat. She wanted to, in five years, be a proficient beekeeper. And, and those, are, those are awesome things. But, you know... But she was also in the process of just going off the yeah, and starting. building their house. And, and and my advice to her was, yes, okay, you want to be able to raise and process your own meat in five years. Okay, so let's say your first goal is, you know, in the next three months, go to visit somebody that does that and see what they're doing. You know, because if you work towards that for five years, and then you get to that point, and it's like, you know, I don't really want to do this, because believe me, processing your own meat is a, is a gory, nasty job. I mean, it's not... And it's hard work. It is. It's hard work. You know, go see... Uh, most of the people that are living this lifestyle will gladly, you know, hey, come out and I'll show you around. And we do you that know? all the time. And we do, you know, and, and maybe, you know, one of your short-term goals is to, there are some uh, off-grid bed and breakfast type places out there where you can go and stay for two or three days and actually live with these people and their off-grid lifestyle. You know, if you're wanting to go off-grid, maybe that's 
you know, a goal Something for to consider. you know, a goal for this year or this spring or whatever is to find one of them places and go stay for four days and see if you like it. You know, because if we see a lot of people that they they literally they sell everything they can. They only keep maybe what they can fit in one vehicle. <laughs> and they come out here with these grand illusions and these romantic ideas that how simple this life is. Then they get here and they realize that, yes, it is a simple life, but... There's hard work involved. There's hard work involved, you know? <laughs> And there's money involved. There's yeah. so many people that think the off-grid life, that there's no money involved. Yeah. And that just, I, 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 can't, I can't fathom that because regardless what kind of life you lead, whether it's gas money or grocery money or money to buy <sighs> bottled water or diapers for your child. Well, just like... You know, uh, preparing our garden. You know, it was over a hundred dollars worth of seeds, just the seeds. Now we're talking that when we get closer to our last frost date, there's probably going to be another hundred or hundred and fifty dollars worth of plants. Right. You know. So I mean, it's, now that's not saying that we don't keep and harvest seeds. Yeah, we do. But I mean, there's some things that is just easier to start from plants and if you time it right you can get some pretty good deals on them you know right i bought 20 pepper plants last year for 20 bucks <laughs> you know but no i think our point is you know we're talking about the goals that we have for this year you know absolutely set your goals uh but do not set yourself up to fail don't set yourself up to fail and you will have failures, but don't let those failures kill your dream. You know, well, let those failures be an, an educational expense. Exactly. You know, learn from it. You know, start in, do it again, just do it different. One of the failures uh, for us, uh, I'm not going to call it an epic fail because it's still working and everything, but we realized uh, in the last five, six months, we need to enlarge our septic system. Yep. And now, Charlie dug our septic system by hand. Uh, it's just not quite big enough. We're going to have to yeah. enlarge it. And so that's, I don't consider that a failure. I think that was a failure to plan. Well, I don't think I actually took into consideration the longer term you know i was looking at what we needed to make it work right i didn't think about long term right now and, now all of our gray water does not go into the septic system our gray water uh it, it has its own line yeah. outside and so it doesn't go into our septic systems they actually uh our gray water actually goes into a kind of mini septic system of its own. What do they call that? I'm trying to think. Not a French drain. It's kind of a French drain. Yeah. It's just on a large scale. Yeah. 
that yeah, y'all it's are, not a gravel ditch. It's a that, fifty-five gallon barrel buried in the ground. I don't want to call our septic system a goal for this year, but I do think it's one of those projects that we. It's need one to of work those on. projects that we need to do, and uh, we can make what we got work. It's just going to be, we're going to have to pay somebody to come out and pump it out, way more often than we should, you know. And if we double or triple the capacity of it, that will make it to where, you know, uh, maybe once every two years have it pumped out. There you go. Well, so like I said, you know, set your goals, uh, make plans, but don't overwhelm yourself. Expect some failures. And hopefully you guys will have a fantastic and prosperous and healthy 2021 and we wish everybody the best of luck if you have any questions please get a hold of us uh, way out west texas on facebook youtube instagram TikTok, twitter, TikTok. twitter and let's see in our emails uh, also way out west texas on patreon oh i'm sorry i forgot about our patreon account and uh let's see WayOutWestTexas.com. You can pick up uh, some of the salves and soaps and stuff that Shawy makes. And uh, 4Ksupply.com. We have a lot of really good starter solar components and uh, a lot of gardening stuff, you know, to, to help you get started. Or shoot us a question yep. at our email, and that's going to be charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E-Y dot king, K-I-N-G, at wayoutwesttexas.com, or shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y dot king, K-I-N-G, at wayoutwesttexas.com. And we look forward to hearing you. If you have any questions or advice, or if you would like us to talk about something else, yeah, always our podcast. We're always up uh, for those kinds of uh, remarks. And yeah, yeah. Uh, shoot us questions if there's something uh, that that you'd like us to talk about on our podcast or uh, videos you'd like us to put up on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, you know, shoot us a line, an email. And we are a little bit behind on our videos of our off-grid stuff and our farmstead stuff. Uh, like I said, this year has been a little crazy. a little crazy. We are working diligently to get some more videos up and out there for you folks. Everything from our solar to our water to our uh, farmsteading, uh, some life hacks, yep. some uh, different things. You're even going to see here pretty soon, I've been working on a blooper reel, uh, things that have went wrong or filmings that's went wrong. Uh, everything from a horse biting Charlie while he's bent over trying to install solar panels to, to all kinds of things. Anyway, so get a hold of us on any of that social media. And, and that, that's kind of one of our projects this year also is we're going to, put forth way more effort on our social media. And, That's right. And we have been, and like I said, you know, contact us. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions, 
Whatever. No hate mail. No hate mail. We'll just delete it. Yeah. <laughs> and, All right, you and, guys. Uh, I think that's about it. That is it. So, again, we want to wish everybody a happy new year and, and wish you many successes and few failures. And uh, We'll talk again real soon. Yep. Thank you, guys. Bye.